0: Welcome to this week's edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom style?
1: Yeah, uh, to Zoom style.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Along with Lakina McGee and Jason Pfeiffer, I'm Sid the Kid. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sid Kid Eddie. Once again, at Sid Kid a That's S I D K I D Eight Zero. That's S I D K I D Eight Zero. Lakina.
2: You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter, at Keena underscore underscore McGee on the Instagram.
1: And you can follow me at Truth and Reason underscore on the Twitter, and you can follow the show's Twitter handle at Two N D C S C H
0: I. All right, guys, we have a potential guest joining us, hopefully later in the the program. I won't reveal that now, but in in the meantime, in between time, we have a lot to get to. Let's first start with baseball as of this recording of this podcast. Tonight's game between the Miami Marlins and the Baltimore Orioles. It was supposed to be the home opener for the Marlins, has been postponed. And the New York Yankees and the Philadelphia Phillies. Their game tonight has been postponed as well. Due to 14 members of the Miami Marlins baseball team testing positive for the coronavirus, including two coaches. I'll go around round the panel. I'll start with you first, Jason uh the, listening to these uh hot take shows this morning, listening to national and local radio. Uh, many people uh reading between the lines but some people are saying. people are saying that the uh, the season will be postponed for a couple of weeks. Others are saying they should cancel the season already. Where do you stand on this?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm probably leaning more towards the season probably being canceled, unfortunately, uh Sydney and Lakina. Um it, it, it's not the fact that you know, we, we didn't know that players would probably test positive for this virus. Um, that, that was sort of a given going into this particular situation with Major League Baseball. Um, but I, I believe the glaring misstep here now is the fact that they were not able to play in a bubble. Um, I think it it makes exposure um that much more exponentially greater. Uh, to these players, and the the concern obviously is safety. you know some of these players are, are wives are are pregnant and you know having children um, Mike trout in particular, you know one of the faces, if not the face of baseball um he's he's about to have a child, and um, you basically you have one team in this particular case um, affecting four teams, and i I expect this number to grow. Um, as these players and as these teams move around these cities, and uh, again, um, it's it's not a complete surprise that that we we have this sort of situation with the Miami Marlins. But again, I think the fact that they're not playing a, in a bubble puts the season in in, in danger, uh, in in my opinion, because they you can you can do all you can as an as an organization to you know try to provide clean facilities and safe facilities. But again, when, you, when we're talking about inner-city travel uh, throughout this country, it just, it just makes it that much more dangerous for exposure and a potential for exposure.
2: See, for me, um, look, I, you look at what MLS and what they, they've been able to do the last couple of days, they've tested everybody that's been in that bubble. Everyone's tested negative. Premier just in their, their session yesterday, they, they tested like 2,200 people, and that's players, managers, uh, media people PR people they've had zero positive tests the fact that they've been able to kind of do this in a bubble and in England they've actually been able to contain and also you know with in Italy Juventus won the Serie A title which is the top tier title in Italy for like the 500 time no actually it's the only the night time but you get you get what I'm saying but uh they've been a, they haven't had any positive tests either so in Germany of course we talked about it a couple of weeks back they just finished their season I, I look they they will be the players you didn't want to didn't want to bubble you know that 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 option was out there they decided not to and you know Miami considering the fact that Florida is one of the now the hot spots excuse me for for this you know this this you know this illness and you know this unfortunately doesn't surprise me but the fact that you know, they didn't do the bubble, you know, now they're now they're doing meetings and then all these hot takes from people say, Well, they should cancel the season or they should postpone it, or you see, you know, I'm seeing some people say, Well, look, look, here's all the people who are cheering for the virus. I mean that that just okay, can we just slow down here for a second? And look, the science look, we're still learning more and more about this this virus and it still could have be lingering effects for people, even if you know you're able to recover. So I think people need to kind of follow the science and stop, you know, being in denial and baseball needs to figure out something because, you know, the NBA, they've been able to kind of, we'll talk about them in a, in a little bit, but mm-hmm. they've been able for the most part, they've been able to kind of keep everybody like in the bubble and even killed. And we talked about MLS, you know, they've done it in WSL. I mean, unfortunately the red stars lost to the Houston dash yesterday for the title, but they've been able, they were able to do it. Great. There was only eight teams, I think they were only that played, but, they only have eight eight players and eight teams, I should say, in the league. But they've been able to kind of – they were able to, be able to do all this within just a few weeks. So I think baseball – this should have been put together a lot better. Well, let's just say that. What do you think, Sid?
0: Yeah, just, just a reminder for people listening, the Miami Marlins had their opening weekend series at Philadelphia. and You just mentioned, Lakina, that Florida is one of the hot spots. This happened, and they were away from home. And so that tells you something right there. Now, going back to the connection with our local teams, the Chicago Cubs, uh, as of this broadcast, uh, they're, I don't know if they have taken off on, on the airplane yet, but they're supposed to be playing the Cincinnati Reds in Cincinnati tonight. And the reason why I bring up that situation is because Cincinnati had three players tested positive for the virus yesterday, and one player was scratched uh, off the lineup late uh, due to coronavirus. So... Uh, I know some people I'm sure they're talking right now saying should the Cubs even travel to Cincinnati I'm assuming that they're traveling to that city right now should they uh, uh, play tonight's game or tomorrow night's game we already uh, uh, talked about how the New York Yankees uh, they're not playing tonight against Philadelphia in Philadelphia I know the two teams were supposed to split four games this week two in Philly and then two in New York I know they may have to play all four of those games in New York City. We shall see what Major League Baseball does. But uh, I'm kind of with you, LaKeena. Uh, what, what we try to do on this show is we're not trying to be doom and gloom, but we're not going to uh, let our heads fall in the sand either. We have to deal with reality. Right. Like you, you guys have been saying, we learning something new about this virus every single day. And if this comes down that baseball didn't have a backup plan, it's just in case something like this happened shame on baseball and shame on commissioner Rob Manfred, because like you guys have been saying, like most people have been saying, if you thought that you were going to get through the season with zero positive tests, you're crazy, or you didn't think that a potential of this kind of outbreak on one team that could happen. Shame on you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really couldn't set it, couldn't have said it better myself, Sydney. And, and again, I, I, I don't think either of us are surprised that that some players are coming back positive. I I think even the players themselves were aware of this, but again, it's, it's also, I think the unknown of having to rely on other organizations and other teams to, to, to keep them safe, keep opposing players safe. And I think that is part of uh, what is nerve wracking about it, you know, because uh, Anthony Rizzo just came out with a few comments about it yesterday, you know, or, or the day before, I think. Um, and he, he basically said it is nerve-wracking because you don't know, you know, how these facilities are are being being handled, and and it's not a, you know, it's not a shot at these organizations, but there is so much that we just don't know yet, and uh, it's a little bit scary for for a lot of these players.
2: You think about you look at what what's been you know, and we we've been mentioning this for like the last few weeks here that. Unfortunately, yes, you're going to have positive tests. That's just the reality, especially since you have guys that are going to be going home and and then you know maybe going to hotels and whatnot. So unfortunately, you know this is sort of one of those cases where like this is what happens when you don't have guys in a bubble. Now, look, the NFL again. Well, we'll talk about them, I'm sure, in a little bit, but they've had to kind of come to an agreement with the players' union, saying, okay, look, we want you know daily testing and you know have the have you know sanitizing you know for, at the facilities you know wipes and you know and stuff like that to kind of keep the, in those facilities but you sort of wonder you know how where and and everything and it, it's just a it's just a portion that I've, you know I'm, I'm, I'm sick of hearing all these hot takes and you know from people and you know, like you said said i mean look here we're, we're gonna let listen we're not we're not gonna be like the doom and gloom people we're not gonna be like stopping our feet and saying oh, they should cancel sports but at the same time, you know, we're not going to, like, we're going to give you the facts. The facts is what we, we will give you. So I, I think people just need to kind of sit back and just think about what they're, what they're going to do here. And if they don't have a plan B, I mean, that's on, that's on them. If they don't have a plan B for this because the players, apparently they didn't want to do the bubble in Arizona and Florida. But, you know, now i like, what's been happening? So I, I don't know where else do you cancel? Do you maybe, like, postpone for two weeks and see how it goes and just quarantine everybody? Or do you just you know, cancel? I don't think you should cancel it yet, but I, I think this it doesn't look good for baseball at this point. At least at least at this moment. I've
0: heard some people say that the how the Major League Baseball looks quote unquote smart now that they didn't have the bubble in Arizona and in and, and in Florida because back in April and we talked about this before, Lakina. Uh, it was also those other issues that got in the way, but people didn't want the. In uh, players, they want the bubble in Arizona and Florida, and now those two states are the leading hotspots for coronavirus by uh, spiking back up. So I know baseball can can take the credit literally say, like, "Oh, we look smart right here." But if, if they thought that they were going to keep the test to a minimal, they're crazy, or they, I'm sure they didn't think that this situation could happen now. It's on the front of their doorstep. And it's time for the commissioner. Rob Manford to step up and do something about it. Do they have a Plan B? Um, however uh, they handle this situation, can forbid that uh, that this outbreak goes to another team. What are you going to do then?
1: Yeah, because again, we it, the highly contagious factor of it is is probably going to be the the sort of deciding factor, I guess, uh, to not use not to be too punny. But, um, you know, will another team sort of see a, a spike in, in positive tests, right, like the Marlins have? That is what um, is, is going to be the spotlight on as far as Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred, how do they respond to something like this? Because, you know, like you said, uh, Sidney and Lakina, if they didn't at least somewhat expect a result like this, then that's on them, and that's what's really unfortunate.
2: And also, you know, the gloom and new folks, you know, the, the gloom and do crowd, as I, as I call them, you know, you look at that, that in college football, Michigan State and Rutgers have had to quarantine their whole team because some mm-hmm. of their, some of their players and, and staff have, have tested positive. I mean, look, this is a whole, just impressive of what we're going through right now. And I, and I just, I just think that, listen, the doc, look, in the hospitals, the doctors and the, and the medical folks, you know, they're, they're dealing with it as they go. The people who you know are handling it for the teams and for the leagues, they're handling as they as they go. But you know, I mean, the fact that the other countries have been able to contain it for the most part, I mean, why can't we contain it here? Again, we can go into a long, long tangent about it, but (laughs) we're not a political show, so we're not going to start now. But uh, I I just think that it's a real shame and it's unfortunate that in this country that we haven't been able to contain. After all these months, we haven't been able to contain this.
1: Yeah, agreed. Yep, same here.
2: All right, so let's talk about something on the on the field, you know, since we can. Uh, Both the Cubs and the White Sox, I mean, the Cubs got, you know, took two out of three for the Brewers. White Sox, unfortunately, lost two or three to the Twins. So I'm not
0: going in a towel. <laughs> well, no, no, no.
2: Well, I mean, you shouldn't, but, but we'll start with the Sox first, but you look at all how many runs they gave up in their losses. I I think this is gonna be look and the defense. And I've been saying this. The defense has been an issue, and you know it was an issue last year for the Sox. It's so like it's gonna be an issue again this year, and that's why I, you know I'm not throwing a telly at either. So, but I, like don't be surprised if the well, White Sox end up lingering over lingering at five hundred because because of this.
0: Yeah, you saw that in Friday's game, uh, Larry, Larry Garcia was a starter at second base. He had a much better game on Saturday. On well, Friday's game, he had a, a couple of big plays that he misjudged the fly balls on. And so, and that's what set the time back in that whole opener. Even though the offense did strike back, the defense kept them from winning the whole opener. Now, in Saturday's game, the offense came alive, and they were able to sustain it. And number two, as far as that game is concerned, Shout out to Dallas Keuchel, and this is what you expected from him, um, signing uh, as a, him as a free agent from the Houston Astros. He gave you six solid innings, uh, kept the Minnesota Twins lineup at bay, and the Sox were able to pull out the Now in Sunday's game, it was total opposite. I had this thought even before this pandemic. Ronaldo Lopez, we all know that he has the talent, but inconsistency has been his problem, and you saw that in the first inning in Sunday's game. I know he left the game with a shoulder injury, I'm not going to question whether it was the injury legit or not. I'm, I'm not going to get into that. But I had this thought going into the season, regardless of what we're going through right now, if he didn't show some consistency as a being a, a caliber starting pitcher, he may have to throw him in the bullpen. And I will give him about two to three more starts. If he um, shows some inconsistency, he may just throw him in the bullpen for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, listen for for me, um, big big spotlights on Lucas Giolito and, contrastly, Dallas Keuchel. Um, I think it was James Fox that we talked to uh, last last week from yes. uh, FutureSox.com, and I, I I you know got him to talk about the the Keuchel signing. I thought it was big then. I'm gonna say it again. I think it's big now. I personally think he's probably gonna emerge as the number one pitcher on the White Sox. Mr. Fox didn't seem to think so. He had him in the two or three spot, but Listen, for me, I think Lucas Giolito, I, I don't think this is a one-off. I think he's going to struggle with really good teams this year. There's a book on him now. And, well, not to say that there wasn't a book on him last year, but, you know, he, he sort of, quote-unquote, snuck up on a lot of teams and was able to, to pitch really well for, uh, especially the first, you know, half to three quarters of the season last year. You saw in the back half him tail off a little bit. Um again, I don't think what happened on the home opener is a one-off, even though the Twins have a very powerful lineup, maybe arguably the best in the American league. I know you know the, the Astros and the Yankees lineup will have something to say, uh say about that. Giancarlo Stanton, especially. I think we'll talk about him in a few minutes. Um, but but seriously, this is back to to the starting pitching for me. And what is Ju- Lucas Giolito gonna do? Because again, I, I think if he doesn't make some adjustments, he's going to struggle a lot this, this year. And, again, on the contrast of that, I think Dallas Keuchel, that was a, an excellent start. Like you mentioned, uh, Sidney, he, he did exactly what he was supposed to do, coming off of a blowout loss in the first game, you know, just come out and establish himself in that second game, six solid innings. And I think, again, this is a big signing for the White Sox. I think he's going to be the guy, that, the guy that carries that bullpen. You just need a little more consistency from that offense, and I still think they're going to compete.
2: Well, oh, it, 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 look, look, like I said, I think look, you know, Hernandez did his thing. You know, Luis Garcia did, did did his thing. I think sort of a surprising, um, you know, Abreu. You have your Abreu jersey on there, Sid. He did his <laughs> thing too for a couple of those wins. But, uh, like I said, I mean that their that their defense is still. I, I'm a little I'm a little leery of their defense and you know some of the. The bullpen. I mean, and, and look, that that Twins lineup is massive. Nelson Cruz. I think show once again. He's a <laughs> Chicago baseball killer. He's done it on both, in both leagues on both sides of town. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, look, look, I mean, look, I'm not – like I said, I'm not throwing a towel yet for the White Sox. I mean, they're, they're going to be right there in their division and for those wild – you know, for the, all those wild cards spots, like 12 wild cards spots that they're going to have. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, look, I mean, look, their offense is fine. Like the, like I said, the defense is still an issue. And the fact that back end, of the, back end of that rotation is still a big uh, big issue, too, for the Sox.
0: Yeah, props to a, a rookie outfielder, Luis Robertson from Delta, his first home run in Sunday's loss to the Twins. That young man's going to be a player, and I, yes, he's going to struggle a little bit, but I, I think yeah, he's going to be a, a 5 2 player, and I'm looking forward to much bigger hits coming off that young man's back.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with that uh, even more. And again, I, I still like the White Sox uh, to to compete in that division as well. I think that offense is kind of too good not to, especially if Eloy Jimenez just you know continues. Uh, playing well, they, they they've got a lot of big bats that are going to keep them in a lot of games. But that defense and that starting pitching for me, I'm still got a little bit of a spotlight on. Um, I I can't remember. I I think the news about the playoff expansion came after our recording last week. So did your guys's two opinions change on the White Sox uh, getting a playoff spot now that the playoffs are expanded a little bit?
0: I think for me, a little bit because it gives them a, a better chance to, to reach the playoffs, not with a couple of um, Rockhart spots being added. So the, their chances of making it to the playoffs increased uh, just that much more. But they got to stay around 500 or slightly above 500 because baseball is telling you it's easy to make the playoffs. You just got to stay slightly above 500. Every second place team is going to make the playoffs. So if you can just stay right there, uh, your chances uh, increase. As we said for the White Sox, they have a golden opportunity. Minnesota is still number one. But you have to watch out for Cleveland. C- Cleveland, you saw what they did against Kansas City in their opening series. If, if they stay hot, it's going to be tough for them. But if you're the White Sox, you just have to worry about your business.
2: Yeah, I, look, I think they'll, they'll be right there for the, those, wild, those, those next group of wild cards, I think like i said before minnesota keeps doing what they're doing and then they're gonna be hard to slow down they'll they'll win they'll be fine and like i said look cleveland's on a mission this is this is probably their last chance to kind of kind of make do with their with their core before you know they you know they break up so they're on a mission and look look, like if the white Sox can kind of stay right there at 500 like i've been saying they could be right there for that, for those other, other uh, wild card spots. If not, they could just forget about it. And the White Sox Pass will no doubt be very disappointed. Let's go up north to the other side of town, um, the Cubs. A nice showing against the Brewers. To got two out of three on Friday night. You know, Kyle Hendricks pitched a gem, four-hit shutout, complete game. I, I think sort of silencing folks that were not, that you know, kind of were questioning him getting the opening day start. He showed you why. Um, the bats, you know, the bats were were really good. Um, You, Darvish, not so much, and then middle-of-the-road bullpen, eh. but Tyler Chow (laughs) would probably had his best start as a Cub, I think, easily, don't you think, Jason? So, what do you guys, what do you guys think of the Cubs' first three games? Jason, I'll start with you.
1: Um, If I had to give it a grade, I'd give it a solid A. Um, Only reason it's not an A-plus was because it was a sweep, and, um, you know, I'm not just one game you know how i like to pick on you darvish and and sort of you know put a put a big spotlight on him as well but um i'm i'm not overreacting to his performance in in, in game 2 there was some defensive lapses there that led to some runs being scored as well um but uh, again the the problem that i've always had with you darvish has been his efficiency i think he threw like 75 80 pitches in only four innings Um, and that's just not going to work. You know, he, he's got to be more efficient with his pitches. Now you saw him do that, uh, for the most part in the second half of last year, which is why I was so excited about him coming into this year, obviously before a pandemic hits and the season has been, um, you know, altered in the way that it has. Um, so I'm not going to get on him too much. Again, I, I think he pitched okay, but I would still like to see him be more efficient. Um, that game just kind of got away from the Cubs. Um, but but Tyler Chatwood, I mean, yeah, I mean, best start as a Cub. You know what? What else can I say about it? Um, six innings. You know, I think I think one earned run. I think um, I had the line in my head, but I forgot. am forgetting it now. Um, I think only one or two walks. And um, you know, he you saw the potential of why the Cubs wanted to sign him a few years ago, right? Because he was sort of a guy that was that had uh, this uh, this bill on him for having great stuff but a little inconsistent as well and of course when he gets to Chicago he's you know walking the entire the entire roster and that just wasn't a good look but um, from what I've heard from uh, Tommy Hatovi and I think I'm pronouncing his name right uh, Cubs pitching coach you know he's worked on a few things in the offseason and uh, he's just wanted to be better and that's that's all you can ask for and you know hopefully he can be a little consistent I don't know how much he's going to start this year but it was certainly um, a, a nice way to nice way to, to sort of get things started here in, the, in this shortened season because it's going to be a sprint and you you beat two out of three from a – you take two out of three from a team that has given the Cubs the business over the past couple of years. And um, psychologically, it's a good start.
0: For the Chicago Cubs, you have to be impressed by the offense, as we said, coming into the season. They have one of the best lineups in the National League. <laughs> Uh, led by uh, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Kyle Schwaber, Ian Happ, who had a big game on Sunday. Uh, you can go on and down the line. Uh, fr- Friday's game, uh, as, as, as I said, uh, when Kyle Hendricks pitched against the White Sox, he had to be concerned a little bit, but let's not overreact. He bounced back and actually uh, put the Cubs in position to win, in which they took advantage of. Saturday's game uh, is it's a, it's a throwaway. It happens, but... Sunday's game, they jumped out on the Brewers early and they were able to hold them down. Uh, I'm with you, Jason. I'm concerned about the Bulls. Uh, the Bulls. We'll talk about them later and get on my nerves. But, uh, I'm, <laughs> concerned about the, I'm concerned about the bullpen for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, will, will they be able to hold up their, uh, the end of the deal, especially if they, if they get started pitching for that particular day's game? I, I, I don't know. But Tyler Chadwell, he did pitch well yesterday. It, it did help with the Cubs jumping out to that 5-0 lead. But we'll see if they can sustain this throughout uh, the season. You got uh, your first road series of the of the week coming up, of the season coming up at Cincinnati. I know Cincinnati fell on their faces to Detroit over the weekend. But we'll see how the Cubs do now on the road against another division opponent.
1: Yeah. And, and this is going to be probably the bane of Theo Epstein's existence. And for me, the sort of bullet point on what his legacy is based on here in Chicago, obviously he brought a world series here and, and that has, you know, that holds enormous weight and value, but um, that bullpen for the Cubs has been their Achilles heel for going on four seasons now. And, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a little hard to evaluate in a season like this because it's such a sprint and every game sort of matters. So there, to me, I feel like there's going to be a lot of overreaction one way or the other, whether they're doing well or not, you know, because how do you properly evaluate it and prorate it over 162 games? You kind of can't. Right. So it's, it's it, for me, you know, so far so good. I, I mean, I think that's just the best we could hope for, but uh, again, it's, if the games are close, yeah, they're, they're as, as Cubs fans, you're going to be nervous and they're going to be a lot of nail biters. Uh, and hopefully we can get a lot of those extended starts, six and seven innings from the rotation. Um, but, but, but quickly back to Kyle Hendricks, this was brewing for a few seasons now. Um, it's not an overreaction. As I say this, he has been establishing himself as one of the best pitchers in baseball Um if I had to think about it now, I would probably have him right about number six or five. I think I can name four or five pitchers ahead of him at this point in time if they're healthy and their game is on. But this guy has, this has been coming. This has been coming for a long time. He is good. He has been really good. I believe he's only one of two or three pitchers to have a sub 3.5 ERA uh, since 2016. And the. It, He's starting to show it, I, and I, I see big things for Kyle Hendricks this year.
2: Oh yeah, I, I think yes, I think so. I think he could probably be right there for a uh, contender for the side. Young. I think you know, like again, if you want to put an right on it, it's only really sixty games, fine. But I think, look, he's capable, and look, he's worked his butt off to get to this level, and. Look, I think he'd be right there for this, for the NL Cy Young. I I think he's got, I think he's got a shot. I think he can, especially if the Cubs are really good and they could be right there in that division. I I really think he can be.
0: I want to ask Jason a question before we move on. Are you able to get the marquee network on your cable system?
1: I am not. Uh, So I have YouTube TV and uh they have not uh brokered a deal with them as of yet so i'm i'm watching the games but i will not disclose how
0: <laughs> i know i know what you're talking.
2: About. we know what you're talking about <laughs> <Yeah. but laughs> Shut them all.
1: yeah, hey, yeah exactly won't. i don't know yeah, you know i don't know who's listening i don't know who's watching i don't want to incriminate right. myself no no
2: okay but we, we will we'll, 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 yeah we we'll, know we know we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll just we'll, we'll just keep it that uh, way yeah
0: just just for disclosure i'm doing the same thing but we know what it is we know yeah, yeah. so
1: well I, I mean i will uh, you know I, I guess somewhat pat comcast and xfinity on the back for finally getting the deal done uh for, for for their customers but but you know it's a little late but uh yeah so now we're just now we're just hoping on praying on hopefully youtube tv can get something done here soon
2: <laughs> okay so okay so all right so there are no 3-0 teams no one started 3 but there are about like, like a dozen teams that are two and one who is impressed i know it's only only three games you know 60 game season as at least so far who has impressed you i know it's a little early but you know what are your like early synopsis so far
1: uh well, well for me i had mentioned this earlier and um if if gian stanton and aaron judge can stay healthy for the new york yankees i mean they're always sort of impressive but but this guy he seems to Stanton I'm talking about. He seems to be on a particular mission so far in this uh, shortened 60-game uh, season. He's hit two balls that I don't think personally have landed. And uh, with no stands or, or no fans in the stands, I should say, uh, you can hear the impact that much louder. And they sound like mini explosions. I mean, this guy is slimmed down. But he's not <laughs> lost his power at all. And I was watching that at bat. I was watching the game. The game, first of all, but that at bat, that home run he hit off of Max Scherzer. Um, that that again, I don't, I, I just don't think the ball is still landed, it's still going somewhere. I just don't know where. And again, if those two guys can stay healthy, uh, for the Yankees, they're they're, they're they've got to be one of the favorites to come out of the American League That's
0: it. for me. Yeah, for me, I'll go with the Yankees as well. Is it a shoe-in that that they'll make the World Series? No. But do they look good right now? Yes. Also, the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, they took two out of three from Toronto. Also, out West, uh, I'm looking at the uh, the Oakland A's. In the NL West, I'm looking at the Los Angeles Dodgers. I know they played the San Francisco Giants, but they did what they had to do against weaker opponents in that division. On paper, it looks like a cakewalk for them to win the NL West. Now, as we said before, we'll keep saying this until the season ends, but for the Dodgers, it's not about the regular season. It's all about the full season.
2: Yeah, the Dodgers look really good. I know, I know they spoke split with the Giants, but look, I mean, they should be able to steamroll that NL West Um the Cubs, the Cubs impressed me. They were able to pull out that that win. Tyler Chatwood looked really good. Like I said yesterday, Atlanta. I mean, they. I think they're still hitting home, hitting. I think they're still still scoring as we speak. Even yeah. though I guess the Mets. I mean, my goodness, Jesus. But uh, uh on the AL, I mean, look, Tampa Bay looks really good. I mean, like I said, Cleveland. You know, Cleveland. Like I said, they they're on a mission. Um The Yankees. You know, they look really good. Baltimore. Well, I mean, we'll see where Baltimore is. I mean, we've said before that weird things happen in this sort of a sprint, but they they went 2 out of 3 against the Red Sox. But, uh, you know, we'll see what they do. Um, I know this is not going to be a popular thing to say, but I think the Astros, even though it looks like they've lost Verlander for the next few weeks with a forearm injury, so we'll see where that goes. But, I mean, look, again – We'll just have to wait and see, especially with what happened with the Marlins. I mean, look, the Marlins, you know, they won two out of three before all this happened. So, again, this is all sort of, like, contented on if they have to delay the season for for a couple weeks. But at least, you know, so far, it was nice having baseball. Now, before we move on from baseball, how did, how did you guys like like the setup of some of these? Because I know the White Sox had cardboard cutouts. I know some stands were just empty. And I saw, like, a couple use, like, virtual fans. Yeah, I know some people thought that was – I thought it was cool, but the others thought it was a little bit weird. So how do you guys like the subs of some of, these, some of these ballparks?
1: Well, b- before I answer that question, uh, I just want to give a, a couple of notices and observations as well. Um, one, um, you, you mentioned Cleveland. Shane Bieber and Carlos Carrasco. By the way, congratulations to Carlos Carrasco. Um, pitching for the first time in, I believe, almost two years um, battling leukemia. Um, his season debuted 10K, six innings, six-plus innings, I believe. Shane Bieber, another young fireballer, establishing himself as one of the best young pitchers in the game as well. Uh, Cleveland's got a ton of arm talent. And like you said, Lequina, a little earlier, it might be the, this might be their best last shot. Maybe compete in, and, and get to a World Series, but again, I wanted to observe just those two, just outstanding performances this weekend. Um, the Oakland A's and Matt Olson, Dark Horse MVP candidate. Um, he hasn't been talked about. He's low on the, the, the national radar here the, the past couple of seasons, but this guy is a hell of a player. Gets a walk-off get, grand slam in in Game One, and I believe he went three for four yesterday with a couple of uh, runs and RBIs. This that guy is also really good. On the flip side of that. I am really concerned about Shohei Ohtani and and the Angels. Um, Ohtani couldn't record him out. Um, all sorts of control issues. Um, I mean, again, I you know I I don't want to be doom and gloom. I think he can work his way out of it. He obviously hasn't pitched in a long time as well, so I can understand that. But um, let's just hope it's not you know a, a season long trend because this is it's just such a unique season. You they can't afford at least in my opinion the Angels can't afford to sort of. Wait too long to see if the wheels can come back, you know. I, I mean, I, I if if you're Joe Madden, how many starts do you give him, you know, to un, until you make a decision if he doesn't um, make some adjustments and his performances aren't better. Um, so, the the A's, the Angels, and I there was something else I wanted to mention. I'm probably forgetting, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> But back to the, the sort of the, the setup of the these MLB stadiums. I also thought it was a little bit weird Lakina, the virtual fans thing. I mean I, you know, I think it looked cool optics wise, but I don't I mean the, the the players couldn't see the virtual fans, right? It was just like merely for, for like camera optics. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah
2: mm-hmm. pretty much, yeah.
1: Well so, yeah, I mean I you know, I, I guess as for viewership, I I guess. But yeah, I mean it also kind of makes it look a little weird as well. Um I mean I, I think it's 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 cool to sort of uh, have the on-field play the the audio enhanced enhanced a little bit. There's there's probably going to be a few hiccups along the way. You know we had a, a few verbal scuffles here over the weekend in a couple of these games, Cubs and Brewers, uh, of, of course, an example of that. But um, I I think that is actually a little bit cool to sort of hear that advanced audio and and uh, see the the stadium sort of you know pipe in these these sort of recorded fan reactions to some of the things going on. So that's that's, that's a little cool to, to see in here. But um, I think overall, I mean, I think these stadiums have sort of done the best that they could, especially, you know, with, with fan cutouts and some of the, the funner things of that nature.
0: Yeah, I could not agree with you more, Jason. With the fan cutouts, including – I know Wrigley Field didn't do a bun on the south side. The side uh, they did it, of course. I think with them, along with all the other teams that have done it, the proceeds go to, to their charity, the team's charities of choice. Um, with the virtual, uh, the virtual fans, as we talked about on our last podcast, that we know that Fox, it, uh, they, they didn't do it for the whole game, but they did it for parts of it, for what I saw. But it, they continue to do this, and people like it. Uh, assuming that the NFL season starts on time, they're, they're going to try it in the NFL as well because we all know all these sports, in particular college and pro football, they are presented in TV-style type form. They're presented as a TV show, and if it if it continues to work for baseball, uh, Fox is going to try it for football. Will the other networks follow suit? We shall see.
2: It'll be, like I said. It, it, it like you know, it was a little odd seeing cardboard cutouts of people that actually looked weirder to me mm. than the virtuals. So because <laughs> you know, so, mm-hmm. I knew what it was. <laughs> But seeing, like, right. cardboard cutouts, I mean, Tim Anderson, you know, they had, like, cardboard cutouts of all the players' kids for the White Sox. And, you know, had seeing his little girls there was just a little bit creepy. I don't i don't know why. It just looked a little odd seeing their kids there. But, again, that's just, I guess that's just me and my, like, weirdness here. <laughs> it's <was> a Stephen <laughs> King novel. But, I mean, look, I mean. I'm sure it's, people are gonna be trying all types I'm, I'm sure gonna be trying all types of stuff you know we we heard like the pump and crowd noise in some of these stadiums as well i mean look this is gonna be this is gonna be weird for people you know again this is something that we're gonna have to get used to at least for the next you know for these next few months for the rest of this year at least so i mean i think this is gonna be just you know, a new world unfortunately if you know quote unquote <laughs> all right so where you guys want to go you want to go nba first or you want to go nfl round ball all right
0: yes let's go with some basketball all all
2: right yeah yeah someone uh lou williams uh he went outside the bubble for a funeral i mean that 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 part is true we know that you know you know made his family member rest in peace but Then when he came back to the bubble, he admitted on Friday night that-
1: He had no choice but to admit it.
2: Yeah, because apparently he was seen in Magic City, which if you're not from Atlanta, or if you don't know people from Atlanta, or if you don't live in Atlanta, that is a uh, famous um, gentlemen's club, if you will. (laughs)
0: Watching them girls shake it fast.
2: And (laughs) oh my gosh. I'm trying to keep it clean for this broadcast, okay? Oh, okay, fine. Uh but uh yeah, uh he uh yeah, he admitted he went to the gentleman's club and now he's being quarantined in a different area away from the bubble. He has to stay there for the next ten days. (laughs) And uh yeah, um look, I look, I mean. I heard like like our buddy Kyle me said that well they listen maybe they should maybe they should have had like you know strippers somewhere in the bubble so maybe the people <laughs> again his words not mine I don't know. <laughs> his words not mine
1: um hey make it rain yeah
2: I mean look I mean look it's just I mean they they haven't had any positive tests I think they've had like like two positive tests I think this is the last time they tested everybody. But uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, Patrick Beverly—he's back. He's back in the uh, in the bubble. So is Zion. But uh, yeah, uh, what do you guys think of Lou Will and his uh, misadventures, if you will?
1: <laughs> the man just wanted to get some wings. Okay, what's wrong with the man wanting to get some wings?
2: <laughs> sure. Why not?
1: You know, I mean, look, look, look. I, I I've heard. I don't know, but I've heard that Magic City has excellent food. Okay, I I did so. And and apparently, he likes the wings. So what's wrong with the man going to get some wings?
2: <laughs> As comedian Chris
0: Rock once said, you go into those joints like that, I'm cleaning up here a little bit. You go into a joint like that, and all you eat is those tear tots.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just saying. I'm apparently, the man likes
1: wings. But no, this, look, look. Uh,
2: <laughs> this, is, this is
1: such a bad look for him just such a bad look. I mean, just, it, 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 it really is. Um, the optics are, aren't good for, for Mr. Lou Williams here. And um, so far, you know, I, I think the NBA bubble has, has worked right. I mean, I think generally it has been a positive thing. There hasn't been any spikes or upticks in, in, in positive cases or anything like that. So I, I believe it's, it's, you know, worked as best as it can, but we, we, I mean, plain and simple, you can't have stuff like this. Can't have stuff like this happening. Not in the world of social media. Somebody, You're going to get caught. You're going to get seen. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, I, it's, I, it, it's, it's affecting the Clippers. I mean, you know, they, I think it's, he might miss a game or two uh, in the NBA restart, which is coming up in a couple of days here. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it's affecting the team. And, and those are the, the ramifications, at least for Lou Williams. You know, that, that's who he has to explain his actions.
0: As we said before, guys, uh, the stories are going to be more off the court than on the court. If you listen to certain uh, NBA superstars of the previous weeks, including Damian Lillard, a.k.a. Dame Dallas, the kids will call him, from the Portland Trailblazers, Mm -hmm. he said that you thought that everybody was going to be on their best behavior. You're crazy. And we saw a couple other players, including the one from the Houston Rockets, I believe, that had takeout, ordered takeout food, and he wasn't supposed to do that. So he got in trouble. Uh, it had to be quarantined for ten days or so. Uh, I, I get it that uh, you have a bunch of young players, 25 years or younger, the majority of them, and they're away from their girlfriends, wives, or both, and or both. So, and they'll get antsy. So, but I I think that uh, hopefully that I think their players, especially those young players, will take it more seriously because the NBA is not playing; they are strict to their rules. And like you say, Jason, it, so far it has worked, but uh, thank goodness there hasn't really been an outbreak of, of the COVID-19 virus or just uh, players, uh, majority of players misbehave uh, misbehaving badly. Now, uh, Christos Porzingis of the Dallas Mavericks and Paul Millsap of the different Nuggets, they had to, uh, to be placed in on a 10-day quarantine as well because they missed uh, a, a, a test session, so. The NBA is strict here. They're not playing. And if you're, if you're a player, you, you do not, I repeat, do not want to be a reason why that your team is not successful due to your silly, selfish act.
1: Yeah. And, and real quick here. It, I, I mean, you, I hear you talking about the young players, Sydney, and that's, that's a great point, but Lou Williams is a vet. There's no yeah, excuse.
2: Right. Exactly. No, no, Williams. Williams. Mm. Yeah. I mean, look, it's one thing if the younger players do it, but if, come on, Lou, you're, 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 you're almost 30. So yeah. you're, you're you're supposed to know better, and you know, and like you like you just said said. I mean, you know, Porzingis and have they've had to take a, like a couple of days in quarantine because they missed the testing. And look, the NBA is very serious, and I can see you know a lot of you know a lot of people are, are are you know applauding Adam Silver for doing this, and for also for the Players Association and and the owners for you know setting all this up and and for doing this. I mean, there was actually some pretty good basketball too, but like you said, like you guys have both said, I mean, it's going to be the stuff that's going to off the court. It's going to be doing a lot of that's going to get more and more attention than what's going to be going on on the court. I mean, the stuff going on on the court will probably be like sort of, you know, your typical you know, mundane, you know, they're playing basketball. Yippee. But, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's just that, you know, like you said, look, what look, 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 was the first thing we talked about? Not the, not the scrimmages, but the fact that, you know, Lou Williams can love him some wings at Magic City, hey, hey, you know, whatever, but, and also the, the, the kid from the Rockets, you know,
0: Hopefully, LaKeela will get her audio situation uh, under, under control. We couldn't hear her, but I, I just want to piggyback off this point, Jason. So hopefully, that most of the players, I think they, they'll they get it, but I, I think they'll be on their best behavior. Uh, I know Luke Williams has been shamed over this past 24 to 48 hours or so because, like you said, uh, he was caught on social media. You really can't, not to get too far uh, into this, but Especially being in the position that these players are in, being celebrities and whatnot, uh, you can't really get get uh, get away with anything anymore. Everybody's a quote unquote reporter because of your camera phone. Let's just say I did something. Somebody doesn't have a cell phone, the next person does. Oh, he did this. Click. So uh, they can't really get away with I- anything, uh, especially being inside that bubble. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the spotlight is on these players, you know, again, and, and this is a social media age and everybody's got a camera, like you said, Sid. And, you know, these, these players have to be smart, especially these veterans. They're the ones that have to set the example for these younger players um, because this is just it's such a unique situation, you know, and, and guys like Lou Williams, they have to be leaders and, you know, getting photographed at the, at the gentlemen's club is not a good look. You
2: guys hear me now?
1: yeah we got okay. you back now yeah i don't know yeah, what if, happened if you want to yeah if you want to finish up your no, last you can
2: finish point before you up, cut it no, no you can, you can no you can, uh, you can you can finish up your points and now i'll i'll follow
0: no we're good we just wanted you to finish up your point before you cut out
2: oh okay uh yeah, the,
0: we were cut off.
2: yeah well, i don't know what happened there but uh yeah the, the scrimmages have actually been really good i mean if you see the stands i mean they kind of have like their fans are virtual too, but it doesn't look as weird or as creepy. This, this actually looks a little bit more realistic than it did in the, in, in, the, uh, in baseball. So that looked really good. I mean, the basketball's been really good too. I mean, LeBron looks really good. You know, I mean, the Lakers. The Lakers look. look Jr. Smith. I mean, it looks like he's kind of grown up a little bit. I mean, so what do you guys think of the of the basketball that's been going on down in Orlando so far?
1: yeah yeah i mean i'm i've i can't wait for it to get back started and again i think first game here is on the thirtieth so um i think the quality of basketball has been great you know again uh, the n b a has is the benchmark for for how these sort of uh, major pro sports leagues uh should have and 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 are operating you know so um uh, again you know you can't have the 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 sneaksters um you know we, we gotta we gotta try to minimize those cases but as far as on the court, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the competition has looked good. Um, you know, just saw, well, you know, he, he first came back, he struggled a little bit, but Russell Wilson rejoined the team, and, and you know, he was part of this scrimmage. James Harden doing his thing yesterday as well. Um, Luka Doncic, John Morant, uh, you know, Grizzlies and, and, and uh, Mavericks played yesterday, so that was a pretty decent game, and yeah, I mean, again, I just, I can't wait back to see these guys on the floor.
0: Yeah, you look at these scrimmage just a few minutes. I had a chance to look at them. As you mentioned, Jason, a couple of the big-time teams look good, Utah, Boston, Houston in particular. But the, the Lakers and the Clippers, they're not taking this as serious. I know LeBron James and Anthony Davis both were limited, uh, restricted minutes-wise. I know Anthony Davis got popped in the eye yesterday, so hopefully he's okay and ready to go as the uh, restart begins later on this week. Um, I, I'll, I'll just say this, just I just hope and I think they will get it as the restart begins that the quality of basketball continues at a higher pace because these players have been off the last three and a half, four months. So the competition part, uh, I think, will be fine. I just hope that nothing else, like you said, Jason, happens uh, tragically, uh, for lack of a better term, away from the court. Definitely uh, not, on, hopefully it doesn't happen on the court.
2: Yeah, like I said, it'll be. Look, if this is. Look, if the Lou Williams thing is like being the worst thing that's happened during this whole thing, I think if you're the NBA, you'll take it.
0: Yeah, they get patting themselves on the back.
2: <laughs> right. So, exactly. So, anything else basketball wise you guys want to talk about before, or unless you, want, you guys want to take a break?
0: Yeah, I just what? want. Before we take our break, I want to just mention something about the WNBA real quick. Uh, Um. Uh, uh, applaud them as far as uh, their protests before the games over the weekend as they got started w- in their bubble i know uh a few of the, uh, the teams protested before the national anthem you know with the black lives matter movement uh i know the sky won their game on sunday uh again they got their revenge on the las vegas team from the playoffs the year before yeah the aces uh, so, yep. so i uh, these WNBA players, uh, are things all, they, they cannot be ignored either. So, uh, they, also, they're showing the way to peacefully protest, but also, you know, uh, focusing on their games at the same time. So, people should take a look at them as well.
1: Yeah, also, um, some coaching news. Uh, looks like the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau are finalizing a deal. Uh, so, that's some other news coming out of the NBA. Um, I mean, I knee-jerk reaction is is uh, uh, Tom Thibodeau is a good coach but um it is a damn shame that that Mark Jackson has not was not hired for this position um damn shame and I'm I'm I wonder why he hasn't had a job since leaving uh the Golden State Warriors because he's one hell of a coach sort of
2: one uh, go... no, of so yeah uh, just no, one
1: no of... yeah, go...
2: <laughs> no no you go ahead you go ahead and finish
0: uh, I know the, listening to New York sports radio, radio over the last few weeks, I know many fans wanted Mark Jackson as their head coach. You know, uh, the former player uh, who was drafted by his hometown team comes back home to coach uh, the Knicks. But, you know, the Knicks are in a lot of trouble. The only thing that I'm worried about, when you saw what happened here in Chicago, Tibbs wanted uh, more control, more power over the roster. He got that in Minnesota, went to the playoffs right away. But the following year, it all fell apart and he was gone. I wonder, even though you had a a veteran GM in place with the Knicks, and Leon Rose is the new president now, I I wonder how much say will Tom Thibodeau really have with this roster? It's a young roster. You have um, coming off his rookie year, J.R. Barrett. You have Mitchell Robinson. So uh, outside of those two young pieces, what do you really have? I know he has a former player, former Bull, Tosh Gibson, on that roster. But outside of that, you really don't have much. I wonder how – how much power that Tibbs has as far as the roster control is concerned. you know you have a GM in there, how much say does he really have over this roster? That's just my concern because it's going to take a couple of years.
2: And will the Knicks fans be patient with that? And I think that's, you know. Exactly. We You know, he almost – he he ran guys to the ground here, and I think that's the same thing that ended up happening in a So that's why things, you know, went off the rails quickly up there. And we'll see what happens in New York. You have a much bigger microscope and the media will be very, is very merciless. So if something mm-hmm. happens, if someone tears their ACL or, you know, tears their Achilles, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be saying, you know, why didn't you just let Mark Jackson? And that's another question I think people are going to be wondering. Like, why hasn't Mark Jackson gotten himself another job since, you know, being let go with the Warriors? Sort of one of those things where we're still trying to figure that out. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and When we convene, hopefully our surprise guest will show up. Hopefully he does. Hopefully. But if But if not, you know, listen, there was a big trade that happened in the NFL yesterday. We'll have mm-hmm. our thoughts on that and also also, and all you know, other NFL stuff and also college football and whether or not they'll be able to, you know, get going here in and you know, this, this next month. So we'll be right back. Second City Sports Zoom stuff. Zoom style. (laughs) All right. Well we can meet right after this. Stay tuned. all right folks, we're back. Welcome back to Second City Sports Zoom Style.
0: Zoom
2: Style (laughs) (laughs) I love that in unison. See, see, we still got it. Okay. Uh once again, I'm Lakina McGee. You can follow me at Kina McGee on Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the Instagram.
0: I'm Sid Kid. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SidKid80. Once again at SidKid80. S-I-D-K-I-D 80s sidkid zero. That's S-I-D-K-I-D eight
1: zero. I'm Jay Pfeiffer, and you can follow me at Truth and Reason underscore on the Twitter, and you can follow the show's Twitter handle at Two N D C S C H I. All
2: right. So still got a lot to do on this part two of this edition. But uh, let's start with the NFL and a big trade that came down the pike over the weekend. Jamal Adams, the talented safety for the Jets, is now a Seattle Seahawk. Um, He, well, actually first, you know, we talked about this, you know, weeks ago that he wasn't very happy there. He wanted to get out of New York. He wanted to go to either his hometown of Dallas, you know, play for the Cowboys. And then I think also Baltimore, he was. You know he was saying as well, but instead he ends up going to the Pacific Northwest, going to the Seahawks. The Jets get two first rounders and a second rounder for the next couple years, and I think they got another player too. But the Jets got a pretty yeah, 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 really good safety as well in his own right, one of the rising stars there. So, so guys, guys, you know, how do how do you think what you think about how all this transpired with with Adams?
1: Go ahead, Ted.
0: Uh, I'm going to take a different angle with this one. Uh, he pulled a LeBron James. Uh, he recognized his value. He did pull an Antonio Brown to a lesser extent, but uh, he whined and cried. Uh, uh, I'm not begrudging for players getting paid, especially in the NFL. As we talked about before, Likina, uh he did it a year early with two years remaining on his contract. He thought he could, could excuse the expression, buck the system, but the Jets were, uh, business-wise, they were correct to say no. We'll talk uh, around this time next year. Of course, now he, you're hearing him talking to fans via his Instagram page. Uh, Probably I want to play for my whole town team. And then you heard these comments about head coach Adam Gates. Whether they're true or not, we should, we, we're, it, it remains to be seen. But you dogging your head coach. Uh, you having Twitter beats with now ex-teammate uh, Le'Veon Bell over the weekend. So he did what he could to get out of there. Of course, hats off to him. He, he, he was successful at it. He got what he wanted. Uh, now back to on the field uh, with him joining the Seahawks. Uh, if, uh, call me crazy. It puts them at the, uh, the best chance to win the NFC West, surprise to get to the Super Bowl. They were hard beat a weight of beating Green Bay on the road last year to play San Francisco in the, in the NFC title game. It it makes them the favorite to win the NFC West and press be a top two, top three team uh, representing the NFC in the Super Bowl this year in Tampa.
1: Yeah, so um, I I, I think this trade could probably end up being won by both teams if that's possible. Um, Jamal Adams was no longer happy with the Jets. I mean, that was pretty obvious in recent weeks uh, with his comments about the general manager and the head coach. Um, you know, it, it, if if you can look at it as him playing his cards right, I mean, in the, in that respect, I mean, it got him the result he wanted. Uh, so I I don't think it's the right way to go. I just don't think you talk about your organization in that manner. Um, you know, you can you can have your opinions and voice those opinions, but I just I think there's a right there's a way to do it. I don't personally believe that was the right way to do it. But again, I mean, the results are the results. He got what he wanted, right? And he's playing for. Uh, like you said, Sydney, a Super Bowl contender, but you still got to win the, the the division first, right? You're still going to have the the San Francisco 49ers and the LA Rams. We'll see how how they bounce back from their season uh, last year, but um and and a much improved uh, Arizona Cardinals team. It's going to be tough out there in the NFC West, but um and 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 then you're still going to have to, you know, maybe see if you can can extend him in the future, right? Because he wants to get paid like a linebacker, and I just don't know if that's going to happen. Um, although he, you know, if if, if you look at the, the the inside numbers, he in in the Jet system, he played a lot of snaps at the linebacker spot. But uh, again, I just don't know if he's going to get paid almost twenty million dollars a year. I just don't know if he's going to do that. Um, but I think he will be successful in the in the Seattle Seahawks system because they're in a win now um, uh, win now mode, and and it's the system that they run there defensively is a little bit. More uh, suited for Jamal Adams' talents, um, it allow him to be near the ball to make plays on the ball a little bit more. Um, so again, I I I think this trade has probably been won by both teams. Now it's it's a lot to give up, uh, the Seattle Seahawks did. So again, I think the 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 Jets can can get a plus in that respect, but they, you know they they had to give up a hell of a player to do it.
2: Yeah, look, I mean he was much heralded coming out of lsu i mean he famously said that oh i would die on the field now of course looking back on it especially in these times he probably don't want to say something like that now but look mm-hmm. i mean he he played his cards you know he he got what he wanted he uh, he got out of there and and they didn't And uh, listen to joe douglas still the gm there to his credit they I mean they didn't want this to be a distraction and this was going to be a distraction so on top of everything else that's been going on too, so look, look. I mean, the, this helps the Seahawks. You know, they're definitely one of the favorites. You know, like you said, Jason. I mean, that that West is loaded. NFC West is loaded. So I hear people saying, "Well, you know, they're going to be, you know, the top. They're the team to beat, and you know, they're going to go to the Super Bowl." Look,
1: yeah, hold, Sanford, your, hold your horses on that.
2: Yeah, San Francisco have a lot to say about that. The Rams going to have a lot to say about that. I know they've had a stressful playoff, playoff, but they still got. They still got a lot of good players there. Who we'll see where Arizona is. Are they much improved? I'll, look, I doubt they'll be, you know, contending for the division crown. But I think they'll be right there for one of the wild card spots. As for the Jets, I mean, look, they've got they now got assets now. They now got multiple multiple draft picks. So again, they may have to change coaches. You know, but just just saying. But uh, but I mean, look, I mean, this this could be this could be one of those trades that, and it's rare, but this could be one of those trades that. That's won by both both teams, both sides.
0: Yeah, for the New York Jets, like I've been saying, uh, Sam Dernold's your franchise quarterback. You have to find out if, if he's the guy going forward. He's shown promise over his first two years, and I know he missed almost close to half the season last year. But you got to find out if he's the guy going forward. If, if he's the guy going forward, uh, you still have to rebuild that offensive line. The defense is okay, but you got to rebuild there. And you got to get a number one wide receiver to go with Sam Darnold. They haven't had a number one wide receiver since I'm just guessing out of my top of my head. Uh, Brandon Marshall he was there for a couple of years, and then they couldn't get it done. Your true number one franchise wide receiver was Keyshawn Johnson, and that was almost 25 years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the, again, the, the Jets have a, had a, have a lot more problems than just Jamal Adams. And like you said, Sydney, he was going to be a headache and a distraction uh, this upcoming season. So. Um, I think, I think they had to do what was best for their organization. And and again, I mean, I just keep coming back to this. Um, you know, Joe Douglas is, is not the previous regime. So, you know, he's, he's got a shot to really make an impact with these draft picks coming up because uh, the jets have not had any luck with first round and, and number one picks in recent years past, but again, new regime, you know, you've got a new head guy there. So we'll see how Mr. Douglas does, but yeah, I'm I'm, all, I'm also with you, Lakina. It, it, you know, it might be, time to move on from Mr. Adam Gacy as well because I'm, I'm just it boggles me that he's even a head coach at this point anyway
2: <laughs> yeah I mean look we'll, we'll see what happens with that especially if they go to if they're off go off to a bad start and they probably will be and I just think that at, at this point they may have to maybe say goodbye to him who knows but uh look I mean at least the Jets it looks like they're looking up to the looking into the future now I'm sure they're gonna try and see if they can win that AFC East, especially with you know the Patriots not really being the Patriots anymore. But again, I mean they may have to like may have to clean house and start over from scratch again. We'll just have to wait and see. All right, the Bears keeping it locally here. The Bears have signed all seven of their draft picks and they're down to only thirteen tight ends. <laughs> 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 Trying to wait Adam Shaheen and Ben Barnaker. Uh, okay. How, you know, what do you guys how, what do you guys think of everything has transpired from the Bears this past weekend? Kind of, they kinda of did it kind of quietly, but you know, they, they got rid of some of their the couple of their tight ends, Adam Shaheen and Ben Barnaker. You know, look, he's these are Ivy League kids, so he'll be just fine. I think he's gonna be like a doctor or something, so he's gonna be just fine. But Shaheen's uh, not in Miami, so what do you guys think of, you know, what happened with the Bears?
1: Yeah, I mean, under the radar moves for sure, but um, they cleared, um, I believe, I believe 1.3 uh, million in cap space with those moves, so that's gonna help a little bit uh, to get that off the books. Listen, um, Adam Shaheen was a disappointment. Uh, I mean, there's no other way to put it, really. Um, you know, I, I think he, you know, he he may have had a little too much uh, expectations put on him uh, coming out of college. But uh, again, he was expected to make some plays here and he just didn't. Um, had some injuries that he, that he dealt with as well. Wasn't a, a fully healthy all the time. So, um, you know, time to move on. Uh, and this is the nature of the NFL. This is the business. I think we all Sort of saw this coming at at a certain point because, like you said, Lakina, they've got an entire roster full of tight ends. So um, it, it it really you know some, most of these guys are are not going to be in a Bears uniform uh, this upcoming season. Um, so uh, you know n- not surprising in that respect at all. And again, it, it moves some money off the books, so that's always a positive there.
0: This gives another reason for Bear fans to uh, gather up and throw some rocks at GM Brian Pace. I know he, he's he's famous for uh, getting reaches out of small colleges. Now some of them have worked out, like Tariq Cohen and this uh, this is the one that didn't work out. So Shaheen gets new start in Miami, we'll see what happens. He's on his last late as far as trying to become a, a consistent NFL player. I don't know the status of Dre Burden. I'm i I'm assuming he's still on a roster. I'm surprised they didn't release him yet if, if that's the case. But I
1: actually think they have it. already said, I think.
2: They did. I think they did. They yeah. Did, yeah. You
0: know. oh, okay. Okay, now this is all about the first-round draft pick, uh, Cole Comet, who who they selected out of Notre Dame. So uh, they expect big things out of him, and we'll we'll see what, what happens. But like you said, Jason, this really uh, uh, is about a, a small salary dump. Like you said, they saved over uh, almost a ha- a ha- over a million and a half dollars. So uh, we we'll, we'll we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, it's going to be very interesting, though, to see what the Jets decide to do. Do they try to maybe go for it? Or do they just say, you know what, let's just, you know, let's just, you know, pull back and just let's wait and see how it all goes. And, you know, maybe they'll probably have to eventually, they'll have to start over, but we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. Um, So um,
1: one question that I wanted to ask you guys um, is – I, and I sort of give a, a you know a weekly update on on a podcast that I do, the Go Route, as you guys know, uh, with our good friend Derek Tate. But um, where is your sort of you know NFL meter, um, one to ten scale as far as possibly getting a season in? I know we talked a, bit, a little bit about it last week, but has it changed? Has it gone up? Has it gone down uh, within the past week? Because we're really we're we're still not seeing a whole lot of plans being put out there by the nfl i know they had a few mandates and and sort of policies that they released last week but there really still isn't anything solid and mandatory that the nfl has has said yet so where, where are you guys as far as uh, getting this getting the season started
0: i'm still pretty hopeful that the season will start on time now uh, due to the fact <laughs> that they they have canceled the entire preseason uh, like you mentioned okay, in our first segment, they, uh, the players' union and the owners agreed uh, to uh, the protocols over the weekend. And so these things that, that these players and these coaches and other staff mem- members will have to do, it will take time. And I don't think they would have had the time to do that and uh, be prepared for, from four preseason games down to two at the time. So it it would have been strange there. So this uh, with these new uh, protocols that they, that we know of already, these will get uh, staff members and players and coaches time to adjust. Now, if a bit something happens uh, going on the other side, then the, the, they'll move the season to perhaps October or what have you. Hopefully it doesn't get to that point, but I'm still pretty confident. And I've been saying this all along since NFL had time on this side. I think uh, as of right now, I, I'm still pretty confident and hopeful that the season will start on time.
2: Yeah, look, I've, I'm at kind of like an eight or nine, which I've always been there. I mean, like like we've been saying, Sid, that this, you know, the one thing that the has always had on the, their side is time. And, look, I mean, you – I mean, there's already been one player that said he's going to sit out, out with good reason. I mean, he's a doctor. Lawrence Deverney Tardif, I think I, that's his name. He's yep. one of probably one of the most, you know, talented uh, – linebacker well uh, offensive lineman but he's also a doctor in Canada and he said look I'm I'm paraphrasing what he said but uh he's he posted on his Instagram that look I can in good conscience play and you know the safety and everything I'm i am look look he's you know I'm sure you know he's seen a lot of what's been going on up in Canada you know they've been able to kind of contain it up there I don't know if we'll see if we see it here here with the NFL players I don't know but I mean, at least so far they seem to be, you know, comprehensive testing, you know, daily testing and no preseason games. I mean that's a bummer for some of the, the later round guys or the practice squad guys, but it's something that they had to do to sort of see what happens in case, you know, things you know, go haywire again. Um I just saw it came across the wires that um a trainer for the Vikings who's supposed to be doing the infection control, he now has the virus. So that that's another sort of blip in here and you know, I mean, look, Kevin Harlan, and I think a lot of people looked at him, you know, said, you know, it was crazy for what he said that they may just shorten the season and then just let him do divisional games. I don't see that happening, but again, you know, we're not doom and gloom here, but I think we got to be realistic. And again, we'll see what the NFL does. I mean, there's, there, I'm sure there's not going to be fans. They're going to be pumping in, the network's probably going to be pumping in crowd noise. You may see virtual mm-hmm. fans in some of these newer newer stadiums so I mean it'll be to see what the NFL does I mean they probably I'm sure they're going to see what baseball does but I think they need to call and maybe they probably need to call the soccer people to see what they've been able to do
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I, I agree um, and again the, the concern for me is just the lack of communication from the NFL I mean it, it, like you guys said they've had time and the fact that they're not you know, more forthcoming with plans and things of that nature and policies and mandates, even more so than they have been, um, it's just a little concerning for me. And, you know, my, my my scale has been about a five or a six. Um, I I mean, I, I really, I'm not trying to be pessimistic about it, but I, I, again, I think. I'm, I'm trying to think of it through the mind of a player and, you know, players need reassurances and they, they just haven't gotten a lot of those in recent weeks and months. So unless, you know, things dramatically start changing within the next few weeks here. And I'm not saying that they can't, um, but we're, we're in training camp mode now people, you know, we're in training camp mode, you know, we we would be in preseason mode within the next two to three weeks here. So it, it, you know, the the NFL has got to get on the ball here and and, and start reassuring these players and these teams. Otherwise, I think, you know, uh, maybe a game or two or three or four could be in jeopardy. Yeah. I mean, look, I,
2: like I said before, like I said, it's going to be interesting, though. I mean, you, you look at, I think, the last, you know, the last test I think they have for the whole league, I think six players, they were, they've they been put on res- the reserve COVID list, you know, because apparently at least a few of those six have tested positive. Um, now that that they've actually have asked you know, players that they attend, like, high high, I guess, like, events, I guess, like, you know, where there's a lot of people. They're gonna, they're not gonna get paid. So they're, they're kind of been trying to kind of like do like the NBA is doing, but not necessarily putting them on a bubble, because I don't think they will be able to do that in the NFL with all the how big the rosters are and you know and everything. But uh, look, it's good. Look, it's gonna be interesting to see what the NFL does if they have to do anything. I'm, I'm look, I'm sure. Look, you know Roger Goodell and you know the player association and everyone else, they've been keeping their noses and their ears to the grindstone and again we'll see what happens like i said it's gonna it's gonna get very interesting because i I just think that at this point look i mean timing and everything else uh we'll we'll see
0: yeah we're less than a month and a half away from the season opener between the chiefs and the texans on september 10th and as of this this podcast recording this podcast the players already reported to training camp so they Getting ready to go through uh, protocols as far as testing and safety issues are concerned. If you're the NFL, you better pay attention to what baseball is doing right now, handling this situation. With not only with the Cincinnati Reds, but with the Miami Marlins as well. So you won't make the same mistake.
2: How do you, how do you guys think? How you guys think everything's going to kind of set up with the with the with the uh, the teams and everything? You know, the preseason. I think it's going to be what 80 players per roster right now to start start the camp. So. Um, I'm kinda of wondering, like, like we've been saying, you know how how normal is everything's gonna everything gonna be I mean, you're gonna have practices, you're gonna have like guys sanitizing each other you know you're probably gonna have to like you know have everyone's gonna have to wear a mask. I'm sure you know you can't have your mask off, and you'll probably got to keep lysol and hand sanitizer like everywhere. I mean we all saw what Andrew Rizzo did you know, in the brewery yeah. series you know keeping yeah. – you can't know, have hand sanitizer in his in his, in his pocket, so Again this might be something
1: that we're probably going to get used to seeing yeah i i mean it's it's such uncharted territory right uh i mean and and again i don't i don't how much do the players know you know again uh, about these protocols is it just is it is it league wide mandated this is i mean I don't know these things i wonder if the players know is it league wide sort of these these safety protocols or is it team mandated i mean is it i mean do you guys know have you heard anything about as far as uh, you know cleanliness and, and safety protocols during some of these camps opening up again these are for me it 's about reassurances and what these players know as opposed to what they don 't know
0: as far as we know right now uh, play, players will get tested every day if there 's a five percent or above test rate they 'll continue to test every day if it goes below five percent they 'll test the players every other day, every other day that 's what we we know right now, but we've been discussing this for the last couple of weeks, Lakena that not can, won't be in the building. You, I'm sure you're going to have the offensive players on the field with the coaches uh, doing a, a period of time. you have the special teams out on the field for a period of time, the defensive unit out on the field for a period of time. And I don't think you're going to have any meeting. Everybody's not going to be in one room at the same time, break it down. you got to continue to do um, Zoom calls and Zoom meetings as far as um, getting, getting ready for the games and, uh, because you can't sit in the film rooms this year. So you have to do it via Zoom. Everybody's not going to be in the building on the one room at once.
2: Also, the sidelines too. Like we like we talked with our good buddy Mark Grody about it yet uh, last week you know is he going to be allowed to be on the sidelines is anybody going to be allowed to be on the sidelines and they have to do like the six feet thing like those long microphones that they be using if you look if you look at the nascar well actually all the auto racing events not just nascar i think nhra they do it and i think believe formula one they do it as well they do like the long boom mics like in the front to sort of like keep it apart so again i mean are we gonna be seeing that Are we going to be having sideline reporters? How many of them are going to be allowed there? Is it going to just be the local people? Is it going to be the national people or the radio folks? I mean, look, a lot of this, look, they're going to have to think about a lot of this stuff because, you know, are they going to have to wear masks too? I mean, it's it's all it's, it's all very, you know, sort of weird. You know, everything's been going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, you bring up a good point, Lakina. Uh, not just the players on the sidelines, the photographers, those uh, people from NFL films, uh, the local TV stations from the uh, the two teams that are playing. You know, they have cameramen and reporters as well. So I'm sure uh, I'm sure this not everyone's going to be on the sidelines. Uh, what's going to be a l- limited travel? Will those reporters from those TV stations, from the teams that they cover, will they be allowed to even travel? Or will they be watching back at home and, and, and just watching the, the news conferences via Zoom? So uh, we all know this, that the, the days of the, the reporters scrambling around the plants in the locker room, those days are done. They may be done for good after we come out of this pandemic. But like you said, Laquina, will sideline reporters be on the sidelines or will they be in a separate booth? Or will they be – uh, I can't see how they, they can report if they're in another city, but if you're not there at the stadium, you really don't have much to report. And will they even have sideline reporters at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, couldn't agree more, guys. You know, it's not just about the players; it's about the coaches and the staff and the production crews and everybody else involved in in making sure these broadcasts are are put on. You know, so it's 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 again, I keep I hate I hate to keep saying it, but we we've had to in recent weeks and months. It's just such uncharted territory. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle it.
2: All right, let's talk a little college football for a second, guys. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, uh, last week. Both Rutgers and Michigan State have had their entire teams have to be quarantined because some of their their players and personnel, they've tested positive. Yeah, Missouri and Oklahoma, sort of an old, like, Big 8 tw- slash Big A/big 12 game. They've actually moved it up a week earlier to, I think, the 25th of August, if I'm not mistaken, you know, to start their season. So it looks like for them, but then the is sort, of, sort of dragging their feet saying that, well, we're not sure what we're going to do with our fall sports. So we're going to wait another two weeks. Okay. Uh, the 29th, I should say that that's, that's sooner Missouri state game, it's Missouri state game, I should say. So the F- Missouri state's FCS. So, you know, now they've moved back to the other, August 29th. And now of course, you know, this is a they're dragging their feet again, you know, say, well, we'll wait another two weeks before we decide what we're going to do with their fall, fall sports and their fall scheduling. So, I know you guys have a lot to say about this, especially you, Jason. I'll start with you. What do you think?
1: <laughs> well, I, I mean, what, what else can I say about the NCAA and their lack of action? I mean, I, 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 again, I hate to sound redundant and beating a dead horse here, but um, they've shown time and time again that they are inept uh, when it comes to certain actions um, and, and, and how their sports are run, uh, basically. And uh, th- there is no clear cut head leadership uh, as far as NCAA football is concerned. And for some reason, it, they, they seem to be more reactive than proactive. This is a term that I've used, um, you know, again, more times than I would like to count in recent weeks. Uh, NCAA football is no different in that respect. Um, I, I think there's still going to be a season, but uh, again, I, they're leaving it up to teams as, as far as to handle, um, you know, this, this pandemic. And I, I just, I don't know if that's the right way to go. These teams and conferences, they're just basically leaving it up to them. And I just don't know if that's the right way to go because again, we're, we're, we're coming up on, on opening weekend in, in a month in four weeks here. So, it, I mean, it looks like there's probably going to be a season. Sure. But, um, I mean, I liken it to the NFL because there's just, just a, a lack of, of, of leadership and a lack of clear-cut um, direction that, that, they, that they're going in.
0: As I've been saying to you, Lakina, all along, I was confident that the college football season would happen. I, I thought they would perhaps start, start on time. I'm not so sure about that now in terms of them starting on time. We will have a season, but starting on time uh, on August 29th, I don't know if that's such a good idea especially now you look at the Big Ten, they're going to a, a conference-only schedule. We haven't, heard, uh, we haven't heard anything about the, the games and the dates and the times yet, but they're going to a conference-only schedule. You're looking at the Pac-12, they're going to an exclusive conference schedule. I think they'll probably start in mid-September as well. So let's see if, uh, if the SEC and the other power confer- conferences will fall in line. I think that will probably be the best idea anyway, going forward. And like you always uh, said, Lakina, like, you know, in these last few weeks, uh, we'll see what these uh, uh, secondary schools do because uh, they're being impacted as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, we've been talking about some of the various conferences in the FCS, you know, they've said that they're going to, you know, push back, you know, their fall scheduling and, and look, I mean, Money is the root of it here, and unfortunately, Mm -hmm. with a lot of these FCS schools not being able to play some of these big time schools this year, you know, it's going to put some of their athletic departments in peril because they Mm -hmm. get paid six figures in some cases, seven figures because that that covers their their budget for this year or at least most of it. So, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and yeah, that's a
1: great point, Lakina. Great point. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, you know, Division two, three. You know, the NAIA. We'll see. I haven't heard anything about the NAIA yet, but we'll see what they do. But like i've been saying i mean it's gonna be jesus i mean i feel the same way you do jason i'm kind of ambivalent here the fact that the sla hasn't really said anything they've been kind of leaving it up to the conferences i know they've lost money they've lost a lot of money as la has you know with no With no, you know, March Madness, with no, you know, College World Series, both the men and the women, none of their Mm -hmm. spring championships were able to materialize. That's a big; those those sports have become a big money makers for them in recent years, especially with the ESPN con TV contract that they got. So they've lost a lot of money, and I'm thinking that money's kind of been sort of the movable part here, and you know, something's gonna have to give with the NCAA. I mean, they're gonna have to come out and say, look, okay, you want to do spring season fine if you want to do all conference schedule only this year fine but again FCS if you want to push back to spring so you'll have those full football supply to yourselves fine but something's got to give here and to wait oh let's wait another two weeks when you got some some teams that have already had to kind of cancel either cancel practice or rather keep the put their all the whole team in quarantine so I don't know I don't know what the, where's the leadership is within sub I think you know they think that you know the whole like non-disclosure agreements with you know, lightness and stuff like that, but this is a little bit bigger than the, right now than, right. than
1: that. And and there are a lot more moving parts, right? I mean, I, there there's a lot of teams in the NFL, right? Thirty two teams, but there's there's that much more in the NCAA. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of programs here. Um, you know, a, again, from Power Five all the way down to FCS, Division two and three. We're talking about hundreds of programs here and thousands of kids that are being affected by it and. It's, it's even more reason to have clear-cut leadership at the, at the head of the NCAA, and they don't have it. And, again, it's it's the wrong move to just leave it up to the conferences to, quote-unquote, fend for themselves.
0: Uh, also, too, uh, I think the, another issue that comes down to is money as far as uh, w- what kind of testing kits can the NCAA afford. Uh, and it's a big this the disparity between the big power schools and the middle side schools. Uh, can you afford to test these players every day or every other day? And I, I think that's a, uh, a issue that people are not talking about.
2: Another, yeah. Another thing where, or is it, are they going to, you know, sign on? Is it, are they going to sign on with somebody to probably get those test kits to not only the big schools who will be able to afford it, but also the lower tier schools are not gonna. They're probably going to be able to afford it. So again, this is where the leadership or lack thereof is happening here with this double And I, I just don't know, like, what's the end game here. What are they hoping to accomplish? But again, we'll see. I mean, it, it, the whole thing is just as crazy at this point.
1: Couldn't agree more.
2: Okay. Anything else that, that you guys want to talk about? We still got, a, we still got some time. We got a lot of time here. So anything else? What's on you guys' minds?
1: Well, well, I wanted to go back to some NFL uh, little news and notes here. Um, um, I, I, I don't know if I'm pretty sure you guys have seen this at this point, but Alex Smith has been officially cleared for for uh, full contact. So I just want to applaud him, first of all, for for yeah. even making a comeback after such a gruesome injury. I know, I know, I know It's it's We don't want to think about it, but I mean, it, it happened. Um, but again, I just want to applaud him for making his comeback. Um, I. I I don't think he'll ever be able to play again. Um, but but what did you guys think? I wanted to get your your guys on thoughts on the situation.
0: I hope that he, he plays again uh, for because of that horrific injury. Uh, I saw a couple of clips that he was rehabbing, rehabbing very well. Now it doesn't mean that he's going to play this year. I doubt it. But I'm, I'm room for him personally. But even if he doesn't play football again, hopefully he just have his health and walk again. Um, uh, walk again period just for the rest of his life
2: that photo with that n- knee injury uh-huh. what happened to his leg right before he had surgery and the fact that he he almost <laughs> lost it yeah that 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 the fact that he was able to not only rehab is able to bounce back from it now like you guys said i mean will he be able to play this year i doubt it i mean could he play next year we'll see i mean we know we know how good of a player he is. And again, look, we'll see. Look, I'm going to be rooting for him. You know, to, to, you know, to if he can get back out there and play at a high level, look, more power to him because you know, that, that, that injury was really gruesome. If you saw, well, if you, I'm sure you guys, you know, who are going to be listening to this and watching this, you know, I'm sure you guys saw the replays of it. You saw the photos of the knee, his knee before they he had surgery. So, the fact that he's even walking is an accomplishment. So I'm glad that he's taking these baby steps. We'll see if next season, you know, a team takes a chance. on him. All it takes is one. So we'll be cheering for Mr. Smith, and hopefully he can – we'll see him on the field.
1: Yeah. Also, go, no, go ahead, go ahead
2: Jason.
0: No, no, go ahead, Sid. <laughs> okay. I just want to say, I think we said it in our last podcast, like him, but like to, speaking of that uh, Washington football franchise, Well, we'd like to say congratulations to Julie Donaldson, friend of the show. Now she's the uh, vice president of uh, media relations for the football team. She'll become the first female um, broadcaster to be part of an NFL radio game day coverage.
1: Yeah, congratulations to her, right? And and again, friend of the show. it just I, you know, I, I feel a little famous vicariously through through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we all, all do. do. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Her once, but no, it's absolutely in all serious though. So congratulations to her. Um, big, big, big time hire, and y- y- you know, I, 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 don't, I don't want to take that opportunity to say anything negative about the Washington franchise, um, because I mean, I, 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 think it's reactionary as well a little bit, but, but, but I'll, I'll digress. You know, I, I want to more so congratulate her. On, um, on acquiring that position.
2: All right, so what do you guys think about some of this other stuff that's been going on with the social injustice? I know you haven't had a chance to really comment on it, Jason. See what, you know, some of these, some of these teams, you know, some of the, especially on the college side, you know, we saw with Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State, we saw with Kylan Hill, who got the key to the city, uh, from, uh, who was from Mississippi State, who was from Columbus, Missouri, Mississippi came out and said look I'm not gonna set foot on that campus so you guys get rid of that confederate flag they've done that last week you got the key to city uh Marvin Wilson who is one of the top linebackers in the country from Florida State calling out his new coach Mike was saying look you didn't tell say anything to us about George Floyd and you know thankfully that does it's you know he's actually been able to talk to some of his guys and you know seeing some of these you know the players that we saw it on not just football but also basketball we've seen the protests and also the coaches so jason this is you have not had a chance to really talk about it what do you think about all this stuff that with athletes being more involved in the social social injustices
1: well it's it's uh it's hugely necessary um in in this day and age and times that we live in um you know twenty twenty five thirty years ago, I can understand why a lot of high profile athletes did not do more things like that it 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 just probably more so wasn 't something on their radar to do um but this is a different day and age and and I think it's again um I use the word necessary because i I think it's the right word to use the There has to be a voice for a lot of the voiceless and um these athletes can be that voice they can use that platform to to speak for those who can't always or don't always speak for themselves and um, I, I I like the fact that it hasn't just been black people that have been behind this movement um you're actually starting to see it across sports and across the world uh, a lot of support for that so that is something uh that 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 gives me a little bit of hope, um, be, because that is also needed. It can't just be us talking about it. It can't just be us doing the protest. It can't just be us on the fro- forefront of this thing. Um, you know, to be quite frank about it, we have to have white and and our other fellow brown people behind us, because we're not gonna get anywhere if we don't. Um, you know, it it. it I also thought what Le- LeBron James said something so poignant the other day that it's uh, th- this is not just a movement. This is a lifestyle. This is something that um that has has been important to us for years, for decades, for centuries. And it's it's not just a one-off thing for black people. This is something that is every day, every minute, every second of of lifestyle for some of us. So um I, I I think there could be more done from some of these leagues to support these movements, but I, I you know I, I won't take up a whole lot of time talking about that, but I think there are certain right steps that are being taken. Um, so that is a positive, and that is something that we can look forward to and continue to look forward to.
0: As I said before, change takes time. it't nothing happens overnight, good and bad. Uh, I, I just want to say that many of our um, uh, media colleagues and people that we watch and listen to, uh, everybody, including us, was talking about the murder of George Floyd and rightfully so, because we didn't have any distractions going on. Last Dance was over with. There was no music artists with, um, with new music coming out, being blasted all over the media. We didn't have Hollywood um, throwing some new movie at us to go see in theaters uh, for that weekend because all, everything has been shut down. So everybody has been forced to deal with this and talk about it. I want to see how many of those, those media personalities, both TV and radio, uh, during these weeks and months ahead, will you still be talking about this? Because it's, it's popular, and it's hot and on the heat right now. Or will you be talking about this after the November election of uh, of our US, uh, U.S. president, whether it be a re-election or a new guy in office? Will you be talking about this around Christmas time? Will you be talking about this once 2021 gets here? Will you he be talking about this uh, at this point next summer, next year? So this is what. Well, I'm well, I'm waiting to see will this movement keep keep uh, going in the right direction. The players. I'm going to speak out about it, no doubt. But I want to see other media personalities, especially the ones that don't look like us. Will you continue to, to put out this message? It doesn't have to be every day, but can give it a mention. Uh, will you be, still be doing stories or features about this? Uh, the, i went to see how that happens. It's easy to jump on the bandwagon right now because you don't want to be the one being called out. Yes, some people are going to do it because it's trendy. But I want to see how many people will, will stand uh, once this blows over. Excuse, excuse my French, but we all know that George Floyd, of course, is still not the, it's not the number one news right now. But will it still be America's conscience outside of these athletes, particularly after the November election, once we get into January, February of next year, and, and, and months and perhaps years going forward, will people – then normally they'll talk about this stuff. Will they still be talking about it? It's easy to do right now, but will they be doing it in the weeks, months, and perhaps years ahead?
2: Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think look, is this like I said, voting? <laughs> voting is the key here. Are you mm-hmm. are you going to be voting this November? You'll be able to look here in Illinois, where we live. You know, we're gonna you're gonna be able to do mail in ballots if you want. We also have early voting, so. Mm-hmm. I, I, look, I want people to sort of like make sure that's where it all starts. It all starts locally and you can't, you can't bitch about change unless you are willing to help make the change. And you can't belittle somebody just to uplift yourself. I'm talking to you, Deshaun Jackson and Steven Jackson <laughs> and you know, the rest of you knuckleheads that feel like you should dis- disintegrate, discriminate against Jewish people to try to lift you, your people up. You can't do that.
1: Because, boy, that is one of the dumbest, most ill-timed, knuckleheadish moves I've ever seen in my life. And um, I, I, hadn't, I guess I haven't got a chance to talk about that yet with you guys. But I, I, I think the Eagles should have cut Deshaun Jackson. I definitely think they should have. Uh, because it, 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 it is just so wrong. It is so wrong on so many levels. Um, it, it, I, there's no excuse for it, in, in my opinion. I mean, it, there's no excuse for him um, saying what he said and, and attributing it to a guy that is, well, was one of the worst human beings to ever walk the face of the planet. Uh, it, 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 it's just wrong. It's just wrong on so many levels. And I just, I couldn't, I, I couldn't believe it when the story broke. And I, Again, I don't, I don't necessarily want to see this happen, but I, I think Deshaun Jackson needs to be taught a hard lesson here.
2: Wow. Oh, yeah. But look, I mean, look, he's going to Auschwitz, or at least he, I think he talked to someone who was in Auschwitz when he was really young. So hopefully, I think, edu- like, like we were saying, like education. And also nuance. I think that's what we want, especially in these times, because I think you saw what happened. You saw what happened in some of these ballparks. I mean, a lot of guys kneeled. So you know, let, let's see if you know we see more. More. You know, we'll see what the leagues do. We'll see in terms of diversity and and whatnot. We'll see if I know some schools have already said that they're going to give their their students a day off. And I know like some teens have already said they're going to give their their players' days off, you know, when the election rolls around in November. So, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, like I said, like we've been like we saying, any nuance. And that's what you want.
0: Yeah, it's easy to talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? It's easy to post something on social media, but put action behind those words. We all have to do that.
2: Yep. All right. Raheem Muster, who is a talented run, the talented running back for the 49ers, just got an extra – an extra raise. If hey, we work this contract, he's not going to get an extra two hundred fifty grand.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, congrats to yeah, congrats to him. He had a great season last year. Uh, he had a great NFC Championship game last year against the Packers. Uh, he didn't have a great Super Bowl, but he was not the reason why they lost. So uh, I know there was rumors about that that he was trying to request the trade, but but he got what he wanted. and Congrats to him. So San Francisco is going to need him this year, but. They're also going to need that quarterback to step up, and which leads into that head coach, Mike Shanahan. Uh, um, Kyle Shanahan, sorry. So uh, it all starts with the head coach. We'll see what, what happens now that you're not alone with the Hunters, you're the Hunt hunted.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more. I mean, you guys hit on, on all the points I wanted to hit on. So, yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to him.
2: That FC West is going to be stellar this year. That from may be top- it- Top that the
1: NFC West may be the toughest in in, in the league. I mean, the well, the NFC South is going to be pretty tough. I know that. Um, let's see. I'm I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I I mean that that NFC West is going to be a gauntlet. What do you guys think about that? Just just really quick. Oh, it's
2: going to it's, oh, it's <laughs> going to be a, it's going to be a dog fight. That that listen that's good. It's going to come down to. Yeah, look, it's it's going like i said it might come down to the final games of the season in the within the division i mean look from top to like, i know i know we 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 talked about it a few minutes ago but i know a lot of people want jamal as like they they, they take that takes the Seattle over the top but those other three teams especially even arizona they they'll, they i think they'll be right there competing for that one of those wild card spots i think
0: yeah, uh, the only uh, the team that I'm looking at that could have some trouble is the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, they cut Todd Gurley. He's in Atlanta now. You still have two wide stud wide receivers, one coming off an injury, and Cooper Cub, but You still have Robert Woods on the other side. But who's your slot wide receiver? And who's your running back? Uh, <laughs> I, I I I don't know what's going to happen right there. I I question it. Is Jared Goff your franchise quarterback going forward? At least according to the contract tr- that you signed to before this time last year? The answer is yes. So we'll see if Jared Goff can, what can he do without a stud of running back on his hip now? Uh, Arizona, you know, I've been beating the drum of Arizona for this whole entire off season. I uh, like Kyler Murray. I think he's going to improve from year one to year two. We'll see with uh, Cliff Kingsbury not entering his second year as head coach. Uh, will, will, it be, will he be able to do? Uh, their defense, they have drafted Simmons out of Clemson um, with their first round pick. Um, the Patrick Peterson, their defensive back, is old, but uh, they still have Chandler Jones who can rush the pass. He's one of the best pass rushers in football. So uh, can their defense uh, be competitive enough to stay in games? We shall see. But I really like Arizona.
1: Yeah, me too. I mean, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people in this league. Um, I mean, I, you know, I have to look at their schedule, but I, I think they could probably win eight or nine games, and that'll, that'll really have that division just up for grabs if that's, if that's the case.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, look, we'll see the, you know, the, like I said, that West is going to be a dog fight. I think, I think every team has their issues, but I think it's not to the point where they can easily overcome it. I mean, that old line is still an issue for Seattle. Um, so you just mentioned it. They still got a lot. The Rams still have a lot of holes, the 49ers. I mean, we'll see. They still got the, they got the Super Bowl hangover and you know, the, you know, the, the Cardinals. I mean, Look, they're young. You got a young oh, head coach. Well, mm-hmm. again, we'll, we'll see if they can. You know, look, they were right there in a lot of games last year. Even the ones they end up losing, most of those, some, I think half those games, they were right there. Came down to like the final couple of possessions. So, look, I know, air. I know people don't want to pick Arizona because you know, but look, I, I think Arizona could be right there. Like I've been saying, <laughs> they can be right there for a wild card spot. I think they can.
0: Yeah, you got the extra wild card spot now, so they, they, they have a. Just as much as a good chance as anybody else, with the nine and seven, perhaps ten and six, workers should the, uh, they have one of those two. Uh, uh, they should have a nine and ten win season. So why not?
2: Yeah. Anything else? Anything else that tickles you? know, that, that sort of getting your your sports blood boiling
1: nothing on my end um again i think we're all eyes are on major league baseball at this point um you know we it's it's a fluid situation we got to keep our eyes on it but um if there are games um you got you got the cubs and reds coming up here in a couple of hours john lester making his uh making his debut for the season of course going to uh, somewhat reunite with uh old acquaintance nick Castellanos out there from the reds so that should be a little fun to watch and, and again if there if there's games moving forward, um, I'm all for it. But again, it's uh the, the the MLB, you know, the major league baseball world is 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 got you know, is has got some explaining to do and some some problems to fix really quickly.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to what major league baseball does for this situation regarding with with the Miami Marlins. And I'm waiting for the NBA to start at the end of this week. So as I said before. Uh, I think the games will be compelling, but it's just uh, the storylines will be what happens off the court. But I'm waiting to uh, watch the games. They'll start later this week. They'll mean something now. I know it's not the officially the playoffs, but it, they're the seeding game. So these games uh, starting on uh, this Friday, they will count for something now.
2: I'm looking forward to the NBA, you know, them coming back. We you know, going to have real games started on Thursday. And like you guys have saying, I mean, I want to see how room one looks. And how the look and the feel of it. I, I think I think the NFL is going to look at what basketball is doing, and maybe sort of maybe they can, you know, get you know get some tricks from there. Uh, we'll see what baseball does. I mean, for what I can tell, they're saying that canceling the season is not is not on the table. Not even postponing any more games. So we'll see what they do there. MLS round of sixteen. They've you know they're about to start tomorrow. We're doing this on a Monday. It's going to start tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, golf. I mean, congrats, Michael Thompson, you know, for winning yesterday, you know, as he said it was unfortunate that you know, he didn't have his family there to help cheer him on, but over at the 3 m open, but yeah, you know, got some big tournaments coming up these next few weeks too in golf. So we'll see what happens there. the year. Euro, the European tour is actually will be back up and running this weekend. So that'll be interesting there. So sorry about that but uh yeah i mean look sports are starting to come back slowly but surely and yes it's gonna look a little different but i mean we'll see what happens i mean this is this is gonna be an interesting next few weeks if you will
0: yeah really looking forward to it
2: all right you can follow me at keena mcgee on twitter at keena underscore mcgee on the insta
0: Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at kid 80 Once again, at SigKid80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can read all of my articles at wearegalradio.com. That's W E A R E R E G A radio.com.
1: You can follow me at Truth and Reason underscore on Twitter. You can follow the show's Twitter handle at 2NDCSCHI. Follow us, we follow back. You can also uh, listen and or watch me and our good friend Derek Tate on the go route, our pod, our weekly podcast. Uh, probably going to try to get a new episode up for you today. Maybe couldn't do it yesterday. So we're going to try to fit it in for you today and talk about that. Jamal Adams trade.
2: All right, guys, this is good to be, it's good to be the three of us back together talking sports and you know, sports are slowly coming back. I'm sure but like, we'll have a lot to talk about on Monday and on Friday, Sid. So we'll, you know, mm-hmm. We'll see what happens here. So for the guys, I'm Lakina. Stay safe. Keep your hands washed and be good to each other. This is Executive Sports, Zoom style. We'll see you next time. Wear your mask. Holla. (laughs)